What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show presented by White Claw on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. What's up and welcome in. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Hood with you. Glad that you are with me as we talk to you about what the Bears have done in the draft. Also, we'll keep you abreast of what has happened here in the second round of the uh, NFL Draft. But most importantly, the Bears. Bear down, right? The Bears finally get to the draft. No picks in the first round as we know. I was funny to watch social media uh, yesterday where people were getting themselves ready. It's like, oh, I'm ready for the Bears draft yesterday. No draft picks yesterday. But there were some today. Cole Komet, the tight end from Notre Dame, a junior entry, one-year starter from Lake Barrington, Illinois, uh, was the team's number two receiver despite missing the first two games with a broken collarbone. Komet is one of the more NFL-ready tight ends in the class, according to OurLads.com. His size, his strength, at the point of attack and soft hands will make him an every-down player. He will be able to get open against NFL safeties and cover linebackers. His length and ability to box out defenders like a power forward can make him an underneath and red zone threat. Strong and tall with big hands and long arms. Classic wide tight end build among some of the plaudits thrown the way of Cole Komet. Uh, so the tight end was a position that had to be addressed Again, with the Jimmy Graham um, choice by Ryan Pace, that was just based on him being familiar with Jimmy Graham versus knowing a player that can be able to really make a difference. Uh, You said it. I said it as well. I just didn't understand the choice of having uh, Jimmy Graham, who didn't show much with the Packers, comes to the Bears here. And knowing that the Bears are bereft of quality at that position, they signed Jimmy Graham, and not just signed him, not just put him on the team, but just the type of money that they've invested in someone that's in the autumn of his career. That's the thing that was just so strange about it. And so here's Cole Komet, and again, the Bears the Bears have, what, 10 or 11 tight ends right now, and they've got to be able to will it down to Cole Komet, who's going to be the best out of the group. Again, there's a difference between having a tight end that is a blocking tight end and a catching tight end. Cole Komet, as a college football fan and someone who has watched Notre Dame here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000, I know that he's a difference maker. He's the best tight end on the board. And if you tell me, Hood, they should have been looking at the white receiver. They should have been able to look at other receivers looking at um, the offensive line, looking at the secondary, looking at the off- the kicking game, all that is a problem for this Bears team. And all of the stress that you might have as a Bears fan is based on what the Packers are doing and based on what the Vikings are doing. Because you can't help it as a fan but to look and see what the other teams are doing in the division, including the Lions, by the way, who have uh, one of the best secondary players in the draft. They want to trade up and out of it, but they could not. So they were able to settle on someone that was very, very good for their team. And so my choice for the Bears was going to be a tight end amongst the choices they would have in the draft. They had to take a look at a tight end for sure. Because even Ryan Pace, who put two years plus plus into, um, into that player, into Jimmy Graham, 
even he had to say, ah, I got to get younger at that position. Well, well, no blanks. Of course, you had to get younger at that position and more productive at that position. That's what Cole Kometa is there for. So I'm glad that that happened. Now, for Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson had some injury issues early in his career. But when we take a look at Jalen Johnson and, and Tyler, I got to look at this my list again uh, of corners that were available. Jalen Johnson... Um, was now on the same level as uh, Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State, C.J. Henderson from uh, from Florida, uh, Christian Fulton from LSU, but Jalen Johnson was one of the best uh, cornerbacks in the top four, top five on my list, and he's from Utah and really did some great things for Whittingham uh, in that Utah program. Once again, they addressed a position of need, and they got their corner. Yeah, you got to... I mean, he slipped, and whether it was the injury concerns that maybe faded some teams away from him, we don't know. But you got to like the value, at least, that you got at pick 50 for a guy who could have been a first-rounder. We turn now to Jeff Dickerson, who covers the uh, Chicago Bears for NFL Nation on ESPN.com, and my partner joins me here on ESPN 1000. Well, we talked uh, in the uh, kind of the pre-draft show, Jeff, talking about the needs for this football team. Tight end and corner was amongst the needs for the Bears. Mm-hmm. They addressed him here tonight. They did, and we have spoken to both Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson just wrapped up his conference call, Jonathan. And I mean, I think clearly the shoulder concerns pushed him down to 50. Um, he just told us that he had three total shoulder surgeries. Um, one was on the right, and that's the one that he played through last year. He also, he said, had two surgeries on the other shoulder. Uh, right now, though, he says it's all fixed. He's healthy. I mean, for the Bears to take him at 50, they clearly had to feel good about the medicals. He couldn't go to Indy for the combine recheck. You know, couldn't come to Chicago for the Bears to look at him, but they obviously got what they needed and felt good enough to take him at that spot. So he's someone that felt that he should have been taken higher. And you know what? That's not a bad mindset for a guy to have. I think far too often I've covered drafts and I've talked to guys on conference calls that were just elated that the team took them in the second round or the third round. Here's a guy who's kind of not happy because he kind of felt that he was one of the the top corners, if not for the shoulder concerns. So he obviously will be given a chance to play immediately. And then Cole Komet is now one of ten tight ends on the Bears roster. But, I mean, we know who the tight ends are going to be that are going to play. It's going to be Jimmy Graham. It's going to be Cole Komet. It's going to be Demetrius Harris. Anything else you get from Adam Shaheen if he makes the team, if he's around still this summer, I mean, that's just a bonus. So there are your three tight ends that you're going to really count on. And he was the best consensus tight end. You know, the numbers weren't staggering in college. What, 60 career receptions, I think, Jonathan, Mm -hmm. for Cole Komet at Notre Dame? He's not a Jimmy Graham, so he's not you know purely just kind of built like a big tall wideout. He feels that he's a little more versatile, uh, likes the contact, can play physical, and now I think it's it's on the Bears to put him in the right system and and put him in positions to succeed and grow as a player. So it was a position of need. Certainly, he was the best tight end. And uh, they felt clearly that he was a better player on their board than any of the safeties they could have had at that spot. 
Uh, I think Johnson was the first corner taken today, if I'm not mistaken, right? So after six going off the board yesterday, and then Diggs from Alabama went a pick after the Bears took uh, Johnson at 50. He went 51. So they got the corner that, you know, was, I guess, the the next best corner available. Yeah. And then they got their tight end, which they prioritized over whatever wide receiver or safety was available at that time. I just think that, and in, in people have said this already in the show, and rightfully so, you know, you could have got, just got Komet, the guy that you wanted, and not have Jimmy Graham. <laughs> you, could have, you could have done that, you know. I mean, but you, this you is, could have, yeah. and then, well, then you're asking him, you, then you might be pushing him out of his comfort zone earlier than he needs to be. So Cole Komet was the best tight end, but Jonathan, this wasn't a good tight end class. Okay, let's just make sure people understand that. You're talking about someone that had 60 career catches in college. The Bears have to have their number one tight end have 65 catches next year. So right now, even though Jimmy Graham is coming off those two bad years in Green Bay, I mean, he has had a big career. So who would be more likely in this offense next year, I'm talking about next year, to have bigger numbers as far as a receiver goes? Is it Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet? Now, I'm not saying Jimmy Graham is the Jimmy Graham of 2011, 2010 here, okay? But I'm just saying if you're looking at it in a one-year snapshot, because Jimmy Graham's guarantee is basically all next year. I mean, Jimmy Graham... If he sees the second year, that just means he had a good year. But I don't think anyone is saying that's a guaranteed thing, that he'll be here for more than one year. But I think that might be asking a little bit too much of Cole Komet in his first year, where you can spread that around a little bit. He can have Demetrius Harris, who's a pretty good wide tight end. He can work with him, who knows Nagy, who's supposed to be a, will be a great influence, I think, on Komet. You've got Jimmy Graham, who can shoulder a little bit more of the load if he stays healthy. So I understand that point. I just don't know if right now at this stage of his career that Cole Komet would be someone that you say, okay, he's going to walk into the NFL and in his rookie year catch 60 to 70 passes. I don't think right now that's what he's built for. Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears for NFL Nation. He's with us in the 2020 NFL Draft Show with Jonathan Hood, brought to you by White Claw on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What is your letter grade for the wide receivers at this point for the Bears, Jeff? And, and the reason why we're gonna, I'm going to go into this with you is because right. we've already had some callers already saying, hey, if this is such a deep wide receiver uh, draft, and it is, by the way, but you can go right. 20 deep and, and find quality, uh, there's going to be some guys tomorrow that will be quality yeah. that can make a difference. So how do you assess the, the wide receiver room now for the Bears? I mean, look at, look at what else happened in the second round. Van Jefferson comes off at 57, right, from Florida. Yeah. Denzel Mims comes off at 59 from Baylor. I've been writing and doing these conference calls, so I haven't been paying as close of attention to round three. But Antonio Gibson, I believe, went with the first pick of the third round to Washington. Now you might be talking about trading a future pick tomorrow to get back in maybe the fourth round. You know, right now they're we're on pick, what, 75? I don't know if the Bears would have enough or would want to get back in today, but I still believe, and if you talk to the evaluators who work with these guys, 
they'll tell you that you can get a good wide receiver still on day three. Now, does that mean you can wait until the Bears pick in the fifth round? Now, Jonathan, that I cannot say for sure, okay? So now perhaps the wheels start working for tomorrow where they get in earlier than that fifth-round pick. And to do that, you might have to trade some future compensation for next year. But if it means getting the right wide receiver, a good wide receiver, that might be something you need to do because I would say the grade, I mean, I could just tell you right now, you know, Allen Robinson is an excellent possession guy. He's, he's a good, really good player. They're certainly uh, better off having him. He had a good year last year. He looks healthy. But after that, I mean, Anthony Miller has potential, but he's been hurt a lot. He's coming off another shoulder injury. Taylor Gabriel has been released. You know, Riley Ridley didn't show you a whole lot last year. You know, Javon Wims has never really broken through. So, I mean, my letter grade for the Bears receivers right now, I would just say collectively, has to be somewhere in that C-plus range, right? And the only reason they get that high is because Allen Robinson has been so good. So I think wide receiver is something they still have to look at and address and uh, I'm just I'm interested to see exactly how they maneuver that tomorrow, which is where I think the, the, the trade action is going to come. But, but, I mean, look, there's still a lot of time left in the third round. I mean, if they want to get creative, and if there's the guy there they absolutely love, you know, why not? I mean, Pace isn't talking to us until the, the draft's over tonight. So we've got time. We've got time. It's just it, this NFL is just something, man. You can go to the mountaintop and go all the way to the basement. It's just it's tough, and it's predicated also what happens in the division, you know. And, and everything's toward, tailored toward the offense. Yeah, you want to have a strong defense and a, a good, a strong uh, defense on the backside in your secondary. But Jeff, Allen Robinson, as you mentioned, like quality receiver, right? But then. Because you didn't play Riley Ridley, either something like I saw Riley Ridley, he was a, a fine player at Georgia. He was yeah, not great. I thought he was a fine player. But you also have in that same room Ridley and Wims, <laughs> both from Georgia. Like Wims is a straight as as a, as a directional wide receiver, like straight line receiver. He's more of a special teams guy than a, a wide receiver. Ridley didn't play enough for me to know what he can do for the Bears. And then you look at Anthony Miller. And that's kind of like thumbs in the middle with him, too. So this is why there's some angst from Bears fans wondering, okay, who else can Trubisky or Foles throw to? Because that's not good enough. Here's what I, what I would tell people that ask the question, you know, why didn't Riley Ridley play more last year? Mm-hmm. Well, look, let's look at this objectively, right? The Bears had a very bad offense last year. If they felt that he could make a big impact and change their fortunes. Don't you believe fighting for a playoff berth, they would have played him more earlier in the year? There's no right. conspiracy to keep players off the field. This is the NFL. If you can play, if you can help them, if you're the best, you're going to play. There are no politics here. It doesn't matter if you're a fourth-round pick. It doesn't matter if you're a first-round pick. If you can help, you're going to play. So, obviously, he just wasn't showing them enough that he was going to be in a position to help them. And that's why. So, I mean, I would say that as a fourth-round pick last year, they're looking for a lot more from him this year. But because he didn't challenge last year until the end, didn't really threaten until the end, I still think wide receiver is, is a big need. Now, if they come back and we talk to Pace tomorrow, and they don't take a wide receiver, and he starts mentioning Riley Ridley. Well, I mean, okay, <laughs> no, I mean, no, that's no. fine. You can believe yeah. that. 
But I don't have anything that's going to tell me right now that that's going to happen because if, if he would have been looking great at practice, right, if he would have been burning you up on the scout team, mm-hmm. he would have played. He didn't play until the end. And he did a couple of things at the end, but I don't think enough to walk into this year and say that's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be a humongous part of what they're doing on offense. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your write-up on this one on, uh, on ESPN.com yeah. because I can't, I can't even pin you down on saying what is going to happen tomorrow because no. of, the, of the needs. Like You and I both know they need to address the offensive line and need a weapon for Trubisky or Foles at wide receiver. And you, know, and, and you still – are you going to weak safety, by the way? I guess if you're going to have – if Deion Bush or whomever is going to be there on the other side of Eddie Jackson, I guess that's okay. That's not a, a pressing need, but it is something to look at. Yeah, they did a safety, and that could happen tomorrow. Now, that pick tomorrow wouldn't be a guarantee. I mean, I think Deion Bush probably opens up as the number one, and then if they have – I've seen – listen, I have covered, my friend. I have covered the, the Al Afalavas of the world, right? I have seen the rise and fall of Kevin Payne. I've, I've seen it all. So you can't tell me that a fifth or sixth round pick safety can't find his way into a starting lineup. It's just Chris Harris was a fifth round pick, I think. And he went on to have a great NFL career. You know, Major Wright was a high pick, and he didn't do so well. Chris Conti, I think, was a third round pick, and that didn't, that had some, some mixed results there. Anything can happen at safety. But, uh, yeah, my write-ups, I think, tonight, I'm in a little more of a generous mood tonight. Ah. Because I am. Because, um, you know, first of all, as an Arlington Heights native myself, there's a part of me that's rooting for Cole Komet. Plus, he's a baseball player. You and I both love that. He was a baseball player. Yeah. So I'm open-minded because I don't care that they have ten tight ends. They really have three. And they needed better tight ends. So I don't mind that. And corner was a need. And um, this is a guy that potentially could start. So uh, I was very kind and gentle. I think seeing the Wolf drafting for the Patriots a couple hours ago really changed my perspective on the evening. Because I think once I saw that Wolf, once I saw the former, the future Bears general manager sitting in that chair in Nantucket, making that uh, Division Two safety pick, I said, you know what? It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> There's Virginia saying, we can't do any worse. Here's the wolf from the Patriots. Ted, can you tell us why the wolf uh, maybe was better than some of the other candidates? Well, I mean, he's been around a winning culture for years now. And, <laughs> the, of course, the pedigree. Of course. I mean, the wolf actually cuts the players from the Patriots. They send the wolf, and he goes <laughs> to the locker room, and, he, and they, he pulls them out by their shirt tails. And then if they, if they mouth off, you know. The wolf will uh, will escort him out of the building. So uh, the wolf, uh, he plays a big role in that operation. It's it's Belichick, it's uh, Casero, I think it is, and then the wolf. Now I know uh, Patriots reporter Mike Reese, and now I know his uh, his source, <laughs> where right? He, where he gets his inside information from the from the wolf, from the uh, the Patriots wolf. Hello, Mr. Yep. Wolf. Woo! <laughs> Brady's out, huh? Going to Tampa. Woo! All right. Have a good night. What? Gronk? Gronk is back to Tampa? <laughs> woo, woo, woo! <laughs> Division two safety. Oh, I got to write this in my notebook for Saturday morning. Woo! <laughs> you too, Wolfie. <laughs> he was a wolf right there in Belichick's room. I don't know why he was in there. 
Well, he makes well, the picks. I mean, it's a cutthroat mentality. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, as always, for your time. They tried to pin the flake in on the wolf, too, but he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's on Tom. <laughs> I would love for a New England reporter to ask him about the wolf. Bill, what do you think about what is, what's with that wolf in the in your home? Is that, with that nineteen nineties furniture? What wolf? <laughs> exactly. He doesn't make the wolf available to interview. You're not taking no. the bear's job. No, not good enough for you. <laughs> Woo! No, 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 no. Bad job. No, no. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wolf. All All right. we, we appreciate your time and your friendship. The Wolf Pack. And there he is, everybody, the the wolfing Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears for NFL Nation on ESPN.com. Want to get your thoughts in here? Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down on the Bears draft. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Bears address the tight end spot and the corner spot. We're going to get your thoughts on that as we move forward here as the 2020 NFL Draft Show continues after this. Brought to you by White Claw. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show presented by White Claw on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Cole Komet was the first pick by the Bears here in the 2020 NFL Draft in the second round. And we're talking about it right here on ESPN 1000. Also, Jalen Johnson, who we're going to hear from, by the way, in our next half hour. Going to hear from Jalen Johnson. He's going to be on the program, the corner from Utah. Uh, he will be on the show as uh, well as uh, we talk to you about the 2020 draft right here on ESPN 1000, 312-332. ESPN is our phone number. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. This is what the Bears have addressed. Tight end and corner. Was that the right way to go in day one of the Bears draft? If you're listening to me and you're a Bears fan, you should know the direction of the Bears and what's best. We're going to get your thoughts on it right here on ESPN 1000. All right, uh, let us hear from Cole Komet now from the Chicago Bears now in Notre Dame. If you're an Irish fan, you probably should be elated that Cole Komet, the best tight end in the country, is now a Chicago Bear um, so Komet talked about a number of things to the press, including his transition from baseball to football. Baseball was a, you know, important part of my life at that point. And, uh, you know, I had a really good junior season and senior season. I did really well and, uh, started talking to some MLB scouts and, you know, the White Sox reached out and I was able to do uh, a workout there at USL here at the time. And, uh, yeah, that was just a really cool experience. You know, I know they were interested, but. I was kind of an up-and-coming guy in terms of, of playing and kind of a guy that just kind of came out of nowhere because I really didn't do, um, like, summer league stuff that most of these guys do. So, you know, I worked out for them, and, you know, they, they definitely entertained the possibility of, of them wanting to, you know, pick me up in the draft if I wanted to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, I wanted to still play football, and uh, I wanted to still play baseball at Notre Dame. So that's kind of where I ended up going. Command was also asked how he's staying in shape. I set up the gym at my grandma's house and been going to that and doing weights there. And then, you know, just been going, running around nearby at parks and hills and stuff. And so staying in shape doing, by doing that stuff. And then um, I just got my brother just throwing me the ball around. So it's, uh, you know, it's been tough, but it's been good. So, you know, you, you just got to find ways to stay in shape. What park has the best hill? <laughs> I go to one in, uh, in Fox River Grove by the ski jump, and there's a huge hill there. And that's where I go. I know everyone likes the Walter Payton Hill, but I, I go to that one. So Cole Komet talking to the press there also was asked, will you be more productive 
in the pros. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just I think part of system stuff. And, you know, I was also hurt the first two games of the year this past year. So, I mean, that, that obviously takes away from some of the production numbers that you see. But, you know, just kind of continue to work on, work on my things in terms of route running and, you know, obviously becoming – obviously still working on my blocking and stuff. So, you know, just, just continue working on my route running and, uh, you know, my speed and all that type of stuff. And that will just kind of help translate, you know, as, as the year goes on next year. We're hearing from Cole Komet, the tight end for the Chicago Bears here on the 2020 NFL Draft Show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Some other thoughts from Cole Komet, including uh, his knowledge because he's from Chicago, the Chicagoland area. He knows that the Bears fans, they just want a winner. No, I'm, I'm just really excited to go out there and play. I mean, I, I can't wait. I'm just really excited. I'm not going to really worry about that stuff. I know that you know, the Bears fans, they want a winner because I know that because I am one and um, I, you know, I'm excited to go out there and you know put my best foot forward in order to order to get wins on, uh, on the schedule. And finally, Cole was asked, "Who does he model his game after?" Yeah, for me, uh, when I really started to play tight end, it was it got it was Greg Olson for a little bit before they left, before they traded him. But uh, you know, for me, always watching Brian Urlacher was just a lot of fun on defense. You know, so that he was a guy that I just really loved watching growing up. <laughs> Tyler, did you catch something in that cut, or are you just playing it? Did you catch something in there? I heard the Olsen, Erlocker. What am I missing, Jay Hood? Play it, play it again. Listen closely. Yeah, for me, uh, when I really started to play tight end, it was it got it was Greg Olsen for a little bit before they left, before they traded him. But uh, <laughs> you know, for me, always watching Brian Erlocker was just a lot of fun on defense. You know. So that he was a guy that I just really loved watching growing up. Don't be next. <laughs> He's a caller. That's what that's what Cole Komet is. You know, before they let him go, I mean, they uh, you know made the transition. You know, the, like he, he he was a cap and company caller there for a second there. You know, they let uh, they let him go. Can't say that, man. <laughs> You're on the Bears now. You can't you can't use that kind of uh, verbiage. Am I right about that? Nope, nope. You can't play it again. Yeah, for me. Uh... When I really started to play tight end, it was it got it was Greg Olson for a little bit before they left, before they traded him. But uh, you know, for me, I like always watching Brian Urlacher was just a lot of fun on defense. You know, so that he was a guy that I just really loved watching growing up. That is a, that is a guy that um, that's been in the city enough to know that Greg Olson was a terrific tight end and feels like they they let him go. I mean, they traded him. Because how often have we heard that in this city? Like, hey, you shouldn't have got rid of Greg Olson. I'm sure that's been in the Comet household also. So I like that. <laughs> that's that's a real Chicago guy right there. He knows what happened with uh, Greg Olson. Um, so we're in the third round of the uh, of the NFL draft here, and so just to finish out what we've seen here, and I'm going to give these names because I'm sure that these names will circle back in like a year or two as far as what the Bears should have done. Again, my status uh, on this draft so far is the Bears need to draft for need. They got a tight end, and they got a corner, and they need to be able to to shore up those holes that were placed there by Ryan Pace. So Grant Delpit, after Komet is taken, Grant Delpit is the LSU safety that goes to the Browns. Antoine Winfield Jr. from Minnesota is a safety that goes after. So you got two safeties after Komet is taken. And then from there you go to a wide receiver. The Broncos get K.J. Hamler from Penn State. Marlon Davidson is a defensive tackle from Auburn going to Atlanta. Daryl Taylor, the defensive end from Tennessee, uh, going to Seattle. 
Pittsburgh takes Chase Claypool, Notre Dame wide receiver. Then that's where the Bears jump in at 50, getting Jalen Johnson, the Utah corner. So now we take a look at others below those two picks. Now, is can anyone tell me, like, if you w- would have won it the following here in the second round? Trayvon Diggs, the corner from Alabama, going to Dallas. The Rams get Cam Akers, Florida State running back. The Eagles get Jalen Hurts, the Oklahoma quarterback, who is going to be terrific, uh, I believe, on the next level, like he was at Oklahoma and Alabama. A.J. Espenza from, uh, is from Iowa as a defensive end. He's going to Buffalo. K.J. Sorry, J.K. Dobbins uh, from the Ravens, the running back from Ohio State. He goes 23rd in the second round. Uh, J.K. Dobbins amongst a lot of running backs, first or either second best as far as running backs taken here in the draft. Raquan Davis is a Dolphin, is the Alabama defensive tackle. Uh, the Rams go with Van Jefferson, Florida wide receiver. Ezra Cleveland is a Minnesota Viking uh, going to Boise State uh, offensive tackle. Denzel Mims. Of uh, the Jets, uh, he is from Baylor. He's a wide receiver. Uh, Josh Uche from uh, Michigan, defensive end. Do I have that right, Tyler Uche? Josh Uche, the uh, Michigan defensive end. That's how I'd say it. Um, it's because I said it first. Nonetheless, um, then we go to Christian Fulton, LSU cornerback at 29. AJ Dillon, Boston College running back. Willie Gay Jr. from Mississippi State, uh, inside linebacker going to Kansas City, and Jeremy Chin, who was thought highly of as a safety from SIU from Southern Illinois. He's the last pick in the second round of the draft. Uh, so, again, the Bears get their tight end, and they get their uh, corner. We'll uh, be able to talk more about the draft as we move forward here. Uh, we're going to have uh, Jalen Johnson on the program at some point as well here this hour. Glad that you're with us here on the 2020 NFL Draft Show here on ESPN 1000. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show presented by White Claw on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The 2020 NFL Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Glad that you are with me as we talk to you about the 2020 NFL Draft. The Bears were able to um, get their guy, tight end Cole Komet, as well as Jalen Johnson, the corner. So, you know, as I mentioned, I went through the second round uh, draft picks after Cole Komet and after Jalen Johnson. Now, I will tell you players that I really liked in the second round um, and that I liked in the draft, period. So, uh, as this uh, hour is brought to you by Illinois Media School, classes are going on now right from the comfort of your own home. So, go to beonair.com to start your exciting new career today. That's Illinois Media School at beonair.com. Beonair.com. So, as I mentioned, there are certain players that I really liked um, in this NFL draft that I really think that can uh, do some damage. I'll go to Grant Delpit, who went to the Browns. Browns need some. Browns need a number of things. They need to have some protection for Baker Mayfield on the offensive line. But Grant Delpit also is a guy that is that was the number one or number two player. Um, defensively in the secondary for free safety. So watching him at LSU, 
I mean, just a terrific player. I'm surprised he's even there in the second round. He came after Cole Komet. Antoine Winfield from Minnesota, another safety. Again, this is something that's, uh, that is a need for the Bears. Yeah, they needed a safety. They went with tight end. But Delpit and Winfield Jr., I think, could be very solid players for uh, Delpit for the Browns and Winfield for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I moved down the draft. I'm looking at names that pop out to me like, um, like uh, Chase Claypool. Again, I think he's a terrific player as well. Um, so there's certain guys that really stand out to me as far as what they how they were picked other places, not the Bears, but other places that could really do some damage. All right, we will get a chance to talk to uh, Jalen Johnson of the Chicago Bears. Uh, that is coming up next right here on our 2020 NFL Draft Show, brought to you by White Claw. This is the 2020 NFL Draft Show, presented by White Claw on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Third round for the NFL draft. Logan Wilson was the first pick in the third round. A, a inside linebacker for Wyoming. And he goes to the Bengals. Bengals are really trying to reload here. Starts with Joe Burrow, of course. And uh, so the uh, so the Bengals are trying to reload themselves, of course, um, because they got to start from someplace, right? I mean, you're toward the bottom, and Joe Burrow is the number one pick. So they, I think they really address some needs here tonight. Antonio Gibson, the wide receiver from Memphis, uh, goes to the Redskins. Uh, Julian Okara, the Notre Dame out, off, offensive, let me see. Okara is the uh, outside linebacker from Notre Dame. Uh, he goes to the Lions. Ashton Davis, the safety from California, going to the Jets. Uh, Damian Lewis from the Seahawks from LSU. He's an offensive guard. The Miami Dolphins with the number six pick get uh, Brandon Jones from Texas. He's a safety. Glad you're with us here for the 2020 NFL Draft Show here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app brought to you by White Claw. We turn to Jalen Johnson from Utah. Is the newest Chicago Bear. He's a corner. He's with me here on the ESPN 1000. Jalen Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, boss. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. I want you to tell me this. For for every young man or woman that's never been able to get their dream, you know, never able to attain their dream, what does it mean to you to be able to have your dream of going to the NFL? Um, honestly, I mean, I, for me, it's just a testament to God and just anything that and everything that he can do, um, the opportunities that he can create and provide for people. Um, and I was just fortunate enough to be one of those people that, um, he gave me the opportunity to further my dream and further my goals. I mean, so, I mean, for me, I feel like if it wasn't to happen or for those who haven't had their dreams come true, I wouldn't say that um, that, that necessarily was a bad thing. Just I feel like God has different plans um, and different purposes for different people. And maybe they didn't see um, eye to eye on that. But, I mean, for me, I was just fortunate enough to be um, one of those people that um, was blessed to be able to continue on their dream. Jalen, where did you? Where do you get your spiritual strength from? Where did it start for you? I mean, honestly, it started in my family. I, I mean, I grew up going to church um, and just always believing in Him in that aspect. But I mean, for me, I got closer to Him over the past years. Um, I mean, that was just something that I found that was very important. Uh, just building up my spiritual, my spiritual self, and not just my physical or my mental, but also being closer to Him and relying on Him. And I feel like that allows me to be able to be more calm and be more confident in everything that I'm doing. 
Jalen Johnson from Utah, now a Chicago Bear with me, Jonathan Hood, on our 2020 NFL Draft Show here on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. You know, there's some there's some dark days uh, that some people have gone through now with COVID-19, trying to figure out what's going on with their family and, and their neighborhood and everything else. So, Jalen, from your standpoint, you know, you you went through injuries. You're trying to figure out how you can get be healthy again. What was that time for you when you're going through your injuries? What was going through your mind mentally trying to get back? I mean, honestly, nothing too too much. Cause, I mean, and then day I don't, I'm not one to worry or um, become stressed in any circumstance. I mean, I just had to make do with what I could. When I couldn't get into physical therapy, I was having stuff sent to me to be able to do on my own. I have my dad creating me different things that I can use for my sh- to use for my shoulder and physical therapy and just using certain things. I mean, people have been finding a way to work out and lift weights. I mean, I just had that same attitude um, with my shoulder, being able to do shoulder rehab and just different things like that. So, I mean, I've definitely been improvising a whole lot to be able to keep um, better in my shoulder. Jalen, what was it life like for you as a high school player? What are your memories of playing high school ball? Uh, I feel like for me, it kind of it started off bad in high school. I didn't really get too many offers until late my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't really winning too much. So, I mean, everything kind of just changed after my junior year. I started um, receiving offers. Um, and then my senior year, we took off as a team as well, um, going to the championship. I think we went like 13-2 and two or something that year. So, I mean, it was just fun being around the guys, being able to win games and just have fun and enjoy that experience. Um, as a kid, and then also receiving offers to be able to continue um, on in life as well after high school. What was that mailbox like? It's nothing like getting that letter, right? To be able <laughs> for for someone to want you, right? For someone, you right. all you're doing is all you're doing is living, right? You're living. You're you're in high school. You're trying to get these grades. You're playing on high school level, knowing that you know tomorrow's not promised. Like at some point, you're just going to keep moving, and all of a sudden, it's going to be your senior year, and it's over. So, what was that mailbox like for you to be? Uh, uh, when teams wanted you? <laughs> Honestly, it was fun because, I mean, for me, like I, had a, I have an older brother, Johnny Johnson. He went to UCLA, and so he went through the whole process. I mean, just seeing all his letters um, and even talking to my dad. He played at Fresno State also back in the day. So, I mean, just talking to them and being able to compete with them. I mean, me and my brother had this thing, like, we would see who get the most, like, letters. So he collected all his <laughs> letters, and then after I collected all my letters and just being able to talk and compare letters and who has the most um I mean, I won, I've won the battle, by the way, but right. just being able to compete and enjoy that with, with my family um, and just having their counsel and having their guidance as well through the whole process was nice. Can you tell me, can you remember your final two or three choices before you settled on being a Ute? I think I came down between Utah, Oklahoma, and then I'm going to say USC because I was committed to USC before I switched to Utah. Wow. Wow. What what could have been like? It's great that you're a, a youth, but just to be able to be asked, especially with uh, storied programs like that, that's pretty strong, right? You said what? It's, it's great to be be able to be asked by storied programs like you mentioned. USC was one of those teams oh, as right, well. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty. No, that's pretty 100%. strong, right? No, right, hundred percent. I feel like um, honestly, I was a big fan of both programs and felt like I could have added a whole lot of value. Um, both of those, but I feel like it just came down to what my heart told me and just what I was more comfortable with, um, and that's what led me to Utah, ultimately. Jalen Johnson with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000, the newest Chicago Bear. Jalen, I'll ask you about 
um, the positions that you played uh, in high school into college. What uh, you're a corner now, but what other positions did you play that you enjoyed? Um, I would say receiver, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was funny because like at first, like my coach didn't want to didn't want me to play offense. He just wanted me to focus on defense. He didn't want to risk any injury or anything like that on offense. But then I ended up convincing him to create me a special package. So, I mean, he ended up creating a special package for me, um, being able to do quick screen games and being able to um, also take um, the top off of defense going up top. And that was kind of my limited package that I had when I played wide receiver. But it was just fun being able to make plays on the other side of the ball. You know, none of us will be able to know what that process is like when you have played your your years at Utah and now you're going to be one of the top corners, if not the top corner in uh, the draft. What is that process like knowing that college is over and now you're about to get paid? Oh, <laughs> honestly, it's just, I mean, I wouldn't say it's different, but just knowing that that was kind of my expectation and kind of my goals throughout my whole life, just knowing now that I can play the game I love, um, but now also being able to get paid for it. And I feel like even then that adds more pressure on to you and on to me um, as a personal, personally as a player, just because it's my first job that I've had. So, I mean, I just know that I have to turn it up a notch. And it's not like I'm old or anything, like in college where you can't get cut. But now that I'm actually fighting for um, financial purpose, I'm fighting for a spot, just be able to take care of my family. Um, so, I mean, it definitely it, it feels good, but, I mean, it definitely adds a different pressure to you. What was the process like as far as, as the Bears concerned? Because you could have went anywhere in this draft in the first or in the, here in the second round. What, um, what was Did the Bears contact you? Did you know they were interested? Yeah, I knew they were interested. I, they contacted me, I want to say, a couple of days before the draft, and it was kind of late, and I was, like, thinking, like, what is this phone call going to do? Like, I mean, it's latest couple of days before. Like, I don't think, like, I don't know. I didn't think anything of it. But now thinking that they're knowing that they drafted me, that that phone call really meant a lot. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you just never know really at, at this point and in this game that you never know who can pick you or what phone call was important or anything like that. I mean, you, you just never know. I'm glad you picked up because you could have easily just ignored that call and just like, like <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, a call, phone call that night, man. Usually, I mean, if it's, it's a phone call at night, I mean, it's usually for one thing, but think, thankfully it was the Bears and Ryan Pace, right? Right, 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it's just about God's plan and God's will, and you never know what area, the what seeds he's planning for you. So, I mean, I'm just glad that I was able to um, take advantage of the opportunity. Um, and I mean, I'm going to just roll with everything that God's given me, um, just continue to build. You know, the history of the Bears, Jalen, has been based on strong defense. I mean, for generations, it's been about defense. Right. What, what what do you know about the Bears coming into this now as you're going to be wearing the blue and orange? <laughs> Honestly, just that, the strong defense. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, it was when Brian Urlacher was there. Um, and even now, having Khalil Mack on the team, having Eddie Jackson and um, – Kyle Fuller building names for themselves and making plays consistently year in and year out. Um, I mean, it just speaks to who they are as an organization and what they take pride in in defense. So, I mean, for me, it's just about coming in and being able to add my name to that next great Chicago Bear on defense. So, what it, you know, the situation is a lot different now because of the virtual reality of the draft and everyone's at a lot of different places. When are you coming to Chicago? Do you have a date? No, I don't. Just as soon as I, as soon as I can, really, with everything ending.
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just want to congratulate you because you were able to live a dream. You're in the NFL. Uh, and let me ask you this last thing. Is there, Jalen, is there a little bit of a chip on your shoulder here with uh, coming into this Bears team? Not necessarily because the Bears, but because you could have easily been in the first round. Do you, is there a little bit of a chip on your shoulder like, hey, I could have been able to be a, gone a little bit sooner? Definitely. Um, I mean, that was just something that I was thinking about all night last night knowing I didn't go. Um, so, I mean, for me, it was just like, okay, what is God has something different for me that I didn't, that I wasn't, not necessarily ready for it, but that wasn't meant for me um, in the first day. So, I mean, just now, just knowing that those teams felt differently about me or didn't feel as high on me that I thought they did, just different motivation, a different spark. And, I mean, for me, I'll take that as I'd rather have that feel to my fire added now than than later um, and having a different having my fire added a different way. So, I mean, I'm definitely glad that I went through it and have an organization and a team that wants me and that values me and knows what I can bring to the organization. So, I mean, I'm just about giving back to them for giving me the opportunity. Jalen, all the success for you. Congratulations on being a Chicago Bear. You were able to reach your goal. You're in the NFL, and I look forward to connecting with you in the near future. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, it's uh, Jalen Johnson of uh, Utah Now, uh, Chicago Bear Corner, with me, Jonathan Hood, as you're listening to the 2020 NFL Draft Show, brought to you by White Claw.